Zechariah chapter 1 and Psalms 1, the first psalm. We'll start with Zechariah Zechariah 1. We'll start reading in verse 3. Therefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But now look at this. But they did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not, look at this phrase here, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us, according to our ways and according to our doings, look at what it says, so hath he dealt with us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, help us as we study your word tonight. Lord, I pray that this is a lesson that we all remember forever tonight. It's that important. Father, I pray that you'll seal it on our minds, on our hearts, and our memories. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see in verse 6 again, look at what it says. But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? See that? Take hold of your fathers. And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us according to our ways and according to our doings, so hath he dealt with us. The end of verse 6, do you know what it's saying? It's saying very simply that God did what he said he was going to do. Is that right? Now, is that a surprise? No. God did what he said he was going to do. Now, this is what, this is what, if we go to Psalm 1, this is what God wants for you. Everybody look at Psalm 1 with me. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in, this, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is what God wants for you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be a godly young man, a godly young woman, And we as adults, God wants us to be blessed. How do we do that? How can we be blessed? Well, first of all, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't uh, stand in the way of sinners. And don't sit in the seat of the scornful. That's, That's the best way. Amen? So what's the contrast? Okay, those are things that we're not supposed to do. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to delight in His law and meditate on it day and night. What does that mean? We're supposed to walk in His Word. We're supposed to live in the Word of God. Why should we do that? Why should we live in the Word of God? Well, look at the next verse. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Now, what is the chaff? This is the the husk that's on on the wheat. And what they would do is they would smash the wheat on the threshing floor, and then the wind would come and blow that away. It's just gone. 
It's just gone. The ungodly, their life has no meaning, it has no importance, it has no lasting benefit. That's what the ungodly do. All right? Then look at what it says. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's what the Bible says. But it says earlier that we are supposed to, uh, that we are supposed to delight in the law of the Lord and meditate in it day and night. Why? Why? Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse 12. For the word of God is quick, that means it's alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the thing that I want you to see here that's very clear is that the Bible's alive. Is that what it's saying here? The Bible's alive. So we're to meditate in it and really walk with it and live with it as a living thing. Why? Because it reads us. The Bible reads us. Look at the next verse. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. In whose sight? The Word of God. But all things are naked naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. That's Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. Is that right? So we live with Jesus by living with His Word, and that Word, it reveals us. So let me ask you something. How many of you in this room have ever done something that you didn't want other people to know about? Raise your hand. Right? But do you know who those things are open to? God. Jesus Christ knows everything about it, about you. And His Word is revealing everything about you. How many of you are a little uncomfortable right now? <laughs> that, that's, and it's, that's the one who loves us. That's the one who still loves us and wants to use us for His glory. Isn't that wonderful? That's what Jesus Christ wants to do for you. Look with me at Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. Chapter 15. Do you know that we, we talked this morning about those who sin willingly after having received a knowledge of the truth and that for them there's, there's no sacrifice left. There's nothing to do for someone who rejects Jesus Christ. There's no hope for them. Is that right? Then the Bible says that those who do that, that their judgment is worse than someone who's never heard. It's a tough deal. The Bible says that, that the prophets, and we know that Jeremiah did as we looked this morning, preach to the nation of Israel, repent or there's going to be the judgment of God. And they didn't repent. Neither did they hearken, nor did they hear. They didn't change their ways and they didn't change their doings. They just continued what they were doing because the false prophets kept preaching to them, look, peace, peace, everything's okay, don't worry about it. And what happened? The Bible says the Word of God took hold of them. What does that mean? The Word of God took hold of them. When you see that 
take hold. When you see that in your Bible, it's always to take hold swiftly and violently for judgment. Okay, Jake, come here. Listen to me. What did I do? I took hold of him. I took hold of him. How about this? <laughs> How many of you ever got took hold of? <laughs> I think the way... <laughs> what, what did I miss? Okay. You got took hold of? Okay. Remember, if you're from the South, you got snatched up. <laughs> Is that right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? To be took hold of, that's what the Bible does to us. The, and, and it's very simple. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I think it's verse 19, despise not prophesying. Despise not prophesying. What does that mean? Don't ignore, don't ignore the Word of God when it tells you your future. Son, if you keep behaving this way, do you know what's going to happen? You're going to ruin your life. According to the Word of God, if you continue down that path, your life is going to be destroyed. Wouldn't that be a bummer after I show him from the Bible, a loving father who loves the Word of God, showing him the truth from the Word of God, and he turns away from it and goes. Do you know what the Bible's going to do? It's going to take hold of him. That's a bummer. Thanks, Jake. How's your arm? You okay? Yeah. All right. Now look, we're going to look at some passages where the Bible talks about this. We have a, you have uh, Exodus 15 before you. Get to Zechariah chapter 1 so we can make sure that we're seeing the connection. Zechariah 1. What is it that took hold of the people? Zechariah 1.6. But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets... Did they not take hold of your fathers? So remember, when you see that take hold, that's to take hold of quickly and violently for judgment. Let's see if that holds true in the Scriptures. Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. And I think it's verse 15. Let me get there and I'll tell you. Exodus 15, 14. Look what the Bible says. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. Sorrow is going to take hold on them. When you see this take hold, it's always for judgment. It's going to be taken hold of in sorrow. Look at the next verse. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, the mighty men of Moab... Trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. So what's going to take hold? Sorrow is going to take hold. Trembling is going to take hold. This is the concept of what happens when God comes after you through His Word. How many of you think that you do not want to experience that? Now look, I know that there are people who say, you know what, I... I I don't really like this. I don't really like talking about God this way. I'm not really comfortable with this way, with this. Well, then throw your Bible away. 
Because this is the God of the Bible. Remember what He wants for you. He wants you to prosper. That's what He wants. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to be blessed. Blessed is the man. That's what He wants. He wants you to be happy and blessed and fulfilled. He wants you to have a life that's wonderful. That's what He wants. But if you go against His Word, His Word will take hold on you. Go with me to Job chapter 27. Job 27. So now this is talking about the man who's getting ready to die. Look what the Bible says in verse 20. Terrors take hold on him as waters. A tempest stealeth him away in the night. Look, for the person who rejects God and walks away from him, death is not a joy. The Bible, the Apostle Paul said, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The death of a believer is a wonderful thing. When I preached my mom's funeral a couple of weeks ago, I was sad for me, not for my mom. She's doing great. Why? Because she knew the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. Her death was a gain. For the lost person, especially for the one who has received the truth of the Word of God and rejected it, their death is a terror, and that terror takes hold on them. Look, look at the way he does it. Look at Job 37, or Job 36. Job 36, verse 17. But thou hast fulfilled the judgment of the wicked. Judgment and justice take hold on thee. Because there is wrath, beware lest he take thee away with his stroke. Then a great ransom cannot deliver thee. Will he esteem thy riches? No. Not gold, nor all the forces of strength. What's going to happen to the person who dies apart from God? What is the great ransom? The great ransom is the price Jesus Christ paid on the cross. That's the greatest price that could ever be paid. But if you die without Christ, that ransom can do you no good. When life is over, when your life is done, if you have not trusted Christ alone for your eternal life, if you have rejected His Word, that Word will take hold of you. Believe it. Believe it. What did we look at this morning? It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Look with me at Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. Look at verse, verse 41. If I wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. That's what God says. If he wets his sword, God will take vengeance on those that hate him. That's who God is. I just don't know that I would worship a God like that. Well, there's no other God to worship. And look, 
when he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. It's right for him to do that. You ready for this? It's good for him to do that. I'm very thankful that I had a father that was willing to take hold on me. I'm very thankful for that. You young people, you need to be thankful that you have moms and dads who are willing to take hold on you and straighten you out before Satan takes hold on you. The Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Devour. Look, I'd rather the Lord get a hold of my heart than the Word of God take hold of me in judgment. How many of you would agree with that? It's so true. It's so real. It's so timely. Look at Psalm 69. Psalm 69. Look at this prayer. The prayer that God inspired through His Holy Spirit to have recorded in the Word of God. Psalm 69, verse 24. Pour out thine indignation upon them. Let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Now look, we're talking about what the Bible does. This is what the Bible will do. But who is the Bible going to do this to? Who are the people that the Bible is going to come after? Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. These verses, we've been looking at take hold. It's always in judgment. Whether it's the Word of God doing it, or it's God Himself doing it, or it's His judgment, or it's His wrath, or it's sorrow, or it's trembling, that's the concept of taking hold. I'd rather submit ahead of time. Second Peter chapter 3, look at verse 16. As also in all his epistles, this is speaking of the Apostle Paul, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Now I want to stop right there for a second. Do a little rabbit trail for a, just a second. Um, how many of you have heard of people translating the Bible in a way that's easier to understand? Right? Well, then it's not a Bible. Because the Bible says that there are things in it that are hard to be understood. Is that right? There are things in the Scriptures that are hard to be understood. You know that studying the Bible is supposed to be labor? You're supposed to, it's supposed to be work. Now, are there things that are easy to understand in the Bible? Yeah, praise the Lord. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I write unto you little children because you know that your sins are forgiven. I write unto you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. There's different levels of spirituality. There are things that are easy to understand. And I'm thankful for those things that are easy to understand. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's easy to understand. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those things are easy to understand. But there are some things in the Bible that are hard to be understood. Now look at what the Bible says. We'll read the verse again. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of, of 
these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Now look at what the Bible says. Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. Now that's not R-E-S-T, that's W-R-E-S-T, that's wrestle. That rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Unto their own destruction. You see, what happens is false prophets and false teachers take the difficult passages in the Bible, they wrest them from their genuine meaning, and then they deceive people to their own destruction. What are we talking about? Jehovah's Witnesses. Mormons. Right? These, these people, they take the teaching of the Word of God, things from the Bible, and they study the Bible, and they get their own private interpretation to those things in the Bible. And the Bible says they do it to their own destruction. Let's look at how they do it. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 23. This ties it back with Zechariah. Jeremiah chapter 23. Look at verse 29. Is not my word like, a, like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? What does fire do? Be careful how you handle it. Amen? And how about this? It's like a hammer that breaks rocks. The Bible will break you down. It would be better just to submit to it. Now, look, I understand there are people who say, Pastor, I, I don't know if you, I like you talking about the Bible that way. Now, there's not very many people in here that are like that, but we do have a few people with the gift of mercy that worry about this a little bit sometimes. This is what the Bible says. Now, look at the false teachers. Look at what they do. Look at the next verse. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, He saith. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. You see, we have prophets all over the world that are prophesying their own dreams. They're using their own tongues and they're saying, God said this. Let me tell you what God told me. And it's a lie. It's a lie. God hates that. He hates it. So what can we do with the Word of God? What can we do with the Word of God? Well, we can submit to it. We can believe it. We can obey it. We can memorize it. We can meditate on it. Or we can ignore it and reject it to our own destruction. How many of you believe God's word is a fire? And it's a hammer? Uh, remember what we looked at this morning. Go with me to John chapter 12. 
John chapter 12. Verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. How many of you here would say, I believe the word of God? If you, say, if you would say that, just say amen. Do you believe the Word of God? You young people, do you believe the Word of God? Do you believe it? Do you believe what it says about you? Do you believe what it says about your future? Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. What did God tell the children of Israel? Deuteronomy chapter 28, look at verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenedst not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep His commandments and His statutes, which He commanded thee. Now look at what it says. And they shall be upon thee for a sign, and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Do you realize that the destruction of Israel is a sign to us that God's word is true? And what's interesting is what God promised, it, it pursued them. How many of you have ever had a dream where you're being chased? Anyone? Isn't it awful? You wake up more tired than you were when you went to bed because you were running all night. It's terrible to be chased. It's so fun to watch Laura watch a movie where somebody's being chased. That is her worst fear. She can't stand it. So chase her after church. Do you think? She hates it. The Bible says that these curses will pursue you. Now, who's that talking to? It's the nation of Israel. Is that right? Has God changed? No. Look, you jump off a building, you're going to get squirted. That's the law of gravity. It's the reality of the universe. You disobey God, you're going to get destroyed. That's what the Bible says. And here's the, th here's the part that I worry about. Becca, here's the part that I worry about. You grow up in a good, Christian, godly home. The Browns notwithstanding. You grew up in a Christian godly home. You hear the truth of the Word of God. You listen to Christian music. You memorized your verses in Awana. You're part of the youth group. And it all just becomes, eh, it's, so, it's just the Bible. It's just the Bible. That's my worry. And not just for you, for all of you, for my own kids, for Lydia, for Jacob, Aiden, and, and, and Isaiah, and Derek. It's my worry for you guys. AJ and Caleb, it's my worry for you guys. It's my worry. Because you have good homes. And your life is pretty good. And there's not really any adversity. And that's just the Bible. I worry about that. Because I don't know that you understand the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom and knowledge. Right? That's where it starts. 
What is fear? <laughs> it's being afraid. It's being afraid. How many of you young people have ever had a moment when your mom or your dad, you'd done something wrong and you were afraid? Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> I love the smile on you guys. <laughs> your parents must be really mean. <laughs> I love it. I wonder if you've ever had that sense of fear from the scriptures. You know that reality of the fear from when you knew that dad was coming home? Didn't you, how many of you ever heard, wait until your father gets home? Did you ever hear that? See, mom would, mom would take care of it, and then dad would take care of it. Man, I hated that. That's double jeopardy. That's not right. <laughs> now look, remember that fear? How many, seriously, you remember the fear? When's the last time you felt that fear of God? Now, I know that we emphasize the grace of God. Aren't you, aren't you thankful for the grace of God? And I don't think it's possible to overemphasize the grace of God. I don't think we can do that. But remember what grace teaches us? Go to Titus chapter 2. You all know the passage, but let's look at it. Titus chapter 2, look at verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Uh, that's what grace does. Grace changes us. Grace makes us holy. Isn't that right? But I wonder, when's the last time you were really afraid of God? Do you understand that, that as a believer... You can live in such a way that God will kill you? Do you all understand that? Look, do you also understand that God can do worse things to you than kill you? But He loves you. He does not want to chasten you. He wants to bless you. The Bible says that his eyes are searching to and fro in the earth. And what's he looking for? He's looking for someone to bless. But his word will not return again to him void. When you sin, when you sin, if you're saved, God will punish you. He will. If you are lost, if you look at the truth of the word of God that you've heard here for years and you walk away from it, that Word of God will take hold on you and it will judge you forever. How many of you believe that? Do you believe that? The Bible, it, it's so true, it's so real, it's so helpful, it's so wonderful, and it's so terrible. You know what the Bible says about the judgment seat of Christ? Not the great white throne judgment where the penalty is the lake of fire, but the judgment seat of Christ. Here's what the Bible says. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's talking about the judgment seat of Christ. That's not talking about the great white throne judgment. Do, do you recognize the terror of God and the terror of His Word? Do you genuinely fear God? Do you know what the fear of God ought to do? It ought to keep you from sinning. Even as a believer, it ought to keep you 
from doing wrong. But if you're not saved, if you're here tonight and you're not born again, you've never come to that point in time. Please don't think that it's a process where you eventually understand enough about God. It is an exchange. It's a transaction. It is an exchange of my sin for Christ's righteousness. It's a point in time where I say, Lord Jesus, I need you as my Savior. I can't save myself. Forgive me. It's a point in time. If you've never come to that point in time, there will come a time when the Word of God takes hold of you. It would be better to turn now. You adults, how's your walk with the Lord? How's your faith right now? How is your fear of God? If your children, if the Lord called your child to go to the mission field, would you be supportive of that or would you fight against it? If the Lord called your child into full-time Christian service and your child said, I want to go to Bible college and Bible college is 2,000 miles away. Would you say, no, that's too far. I won't. No. God. God. Hey, God. No. Is that what you would do? You understand people do that every day? You know why? They don't fear God. And lives are destroyed. Lives are ruined. Because the Word of God is something that is just thrown on the dash of the car and it stays there until it's time to go to church next week. Look, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of living God. It's better to be blessed. Amen? And you know what's wonderful? It's our choice. God allows us to choose. He, he, he wants us to have the blessing, not the curses. Do you all agree with that? Amen. Lord, your word is so real and it's so true and it's so powerful.